Welcome to church. This is Showward Assembly, an exciting congregation of God's people, under the pastoral care of Dr. Dennis Eng and his amiable wife, Pastor I.T. Our mission is to raise champions who are passionate for God, winning in life and changing the world. Our vision is to be a growing community of worshippers and ministers from every tribe and tongue, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we go. Showward, raising champions. Hallelujah. I want to continue our series on contending for the faith. Tell your neighbor, contend for the faith. Tell someone else, contend for the faith. We heard that that means we should fight for what we believe. We should defend what we believe. But I made a point in my last teaching, last Sunday, that you cannot fight for what you don't value. If you're going to contend for the faith, then it must be of value to you. If you see it as nothing, if you don't see it as important, then you can easily let it go. You cannot fight for what you don't value. You can't contend for what you don't value. You must place value in the salvation that you have, in the faith that you have, in your belief in Jesus, because you became part of God's family through the precious blood of his son, Jesus Christ. And that is of great value. Can someone say hallelujah to that? Our key scripture is Jude and verse 3. Jude has one chapter. Jude and verse 3. Can you please come out of the gospel? Come and sit this way. Can't be hiding under the drums. Come and sit this way so that I can also see. I said, come and sit here. I'm waiting for you. While I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, that is the salvation that we share, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you, charging you to contend earnestly, seriously, with all your heart, with all your energy, with all your strength, with all your ability. Contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. I want you to take note of the article V. Jude is not saying contend for faith. He's saying contend for a specific faith. That refers to our belief in Christ Jesus. That refers to the body of doctrine that has been passed over to us through the ages. That's what we are to contend for. Our belief system, 
our understanding of God's word, our understanding of the teachings of Jesus, we should contend for that faith. And here the Bible says it was delivered once for all. In other words, it's not just going to be passed on again and again, but it has been delivered to the saints and that is for all. Glory to God. That is why, please let me submit to you that the faith that we have is an old-time faith. Is an ancient faith. Is a primitive faith, permit me to say. It is not a contemporary faith. It is not a changing faith. It's not going to change with time. It has been passed on to the saints and it remains the same way for all times. Glory to God. Please listen. We must resist every temptation to modernize the faith. We must not make it modern. It must remain in its original form. We must maintain the purity of the faith. Handed over to the saints. It must remain that way for all times. If you will ever be born again, you must repent of your sins. That will not change. If you will be born again, you must accept the forgiveness that Jesus offers. That will not change. If you will be born again, then you must accept the atonement by the blood of Jesus. That is old time. You can't digitalize that. It is the same at all times. You cannot be born again until you confess Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Beloved, no matter how developed we become, that will not change. There is no app that will be discovered and it will change that. You need to be born again, just press and download from the Play Store. Press it and you're saved. No! We reject it. Please, it is all time. It is ancient. It is primitive. It must remain that way. We must not modernize it. Are you still here? <laughs> Jesus said, go ye therefore. Make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I have committed to you. Lord, I am with it all, you always. That will not change. That is the great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Today, we are sometimes told you don't even need to preach. Just leave it. When you leave the life, people get saved. We are preaching too much. It becomes noise. We don't need to preach anymore. 
So you can stay with your colleague in the office. He's an unbeliever for one, five, ten years. You don't want to preach because your lifestyle will save the lost. Jesus didn't say, go ye therefore and leave the gospel. He says, go ye therefore and do what? Preach. Every child of God must be a preacher of the good news. That will not change because it has pleased God through the stupidity and foolishness of preaching to save the lost. That's what the Bible says. There is power in preaching. The Bible says the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that are perishing. But to us, the preaching of the gospel is the power of God to save the lost. The power of God on the salvation. God does not save through discussion. He saves through preaching. So everyone must understand that will not change. And you know this weekend we are going out on the streets to preach. Old time gospel. We must always preach. We must not get to a point where we cross our legs and expect that the world will be saved. The world will not be saved until we preach. This gospel of the kingdom must be preached to the ends of the earth. Then shall the Lord return. Is somebody still here? We must not even replace our preaching with money. Oh, if we have the money, put into gospel, put into evangelism, and don't go preach. Even when you give your money, you must remain a preacher of the good news because that is the commission that the master has given to you. That, beloved, will not change. We live in a digital age, right? As I preach now, there are people that are joining us in service. Our pastors in Canada have been in the service every week. You know, other people are joining us. A deacon out in Aked has been in service several times. Maybe they're joining me now. They're hearing me now. But no matter how good technology is, it will not replace the fellowship of the brethren. Church is not online. Church is the gathering together of the saints of God in a location for fellowship. That is what church is. And nothing can change that. Don't let anybody say I'm a member of a church online. There is nothing like that. Nothing like that. I'm a Christian. My church is online. My pastor is in San Francisco. You're fooling yourself. You don't have a church, my friend. Logging into Facebook is not church. Not forsaking. The assembling of yourself together. As is the manner of some. Not forsaking. The gathering of ourselves together. Beloved. The gathering of ourselves together is church. That's why Jesus said, whenever two or three shall gather in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Beloved, that is church. It will not change. Is somebody still here? Hey, come on. Are you still here? There is no modernization. 
There is no development. There is no technology that will take us to a point where a wife will no money to submit to her husband. That's old time gospel. That is the faith. It's an integral part of the faith. We live in an age that women are so empowered. Glory to God. Women have fantastic jobs now. The place of the woman is no more in the kitchen. It's in the boardroom now. <laughs> the woman is now in the boardroom calling the shots. Attending meetings. Directing global affairs. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. But when you go home, madam, you become not the board manager, but you're a wife. To a man you must honor and submit to. A man whose leadership you must value, respect, and defend at all times. That is the faith. It will not change. Come on, is somebody here what I'm saying now? We are in an age now where we are told when a child becomes maybe five years, ten years, the child can choose what sex to, to have, to be, to become. Woman can choose to, maybe you gave birth to a boy. I know I'm on Facebook now. And those are platforms that Satan is using to try to clamp now on what we call the faith. So a child at five, a child at ten, is as what do you want to be, boy or girl? Yeah. Meanwhile, the child was born a boy. So the child can say, I want to be girl because I like my sister. And they do a sex transplant. That is of the devil. Yeah. We live in an age when you, you're told you can marry your, 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 your same sex. You know, a woman say, I fall in love with, with a girl. You know, with this woman. So a woman is in love with a woman. That is called perversion. The Bible says God gave them to a reprobate mind. That's a, a function of a reprobate mind. Even the anatomy of human beings simply shows that God wants a distinction. No man should marry a man. No woman should marry a woman. If you have feelings, as a woman for another woman or as a man for another man that is of the devil that is a demonic activity you must be delivered from it is somebody still here we must keep the sanctity of the faith we must not be corrupted by worldliness we must not allow our faith to be corrupted by the things that are not of God Hmm. <laughs> Hallelujah. Should I continue? Yes, sir. Why must we defend the faith? Why must we fight for it? Because our faith is in danger. Because the purity of the doctrine that we have received from God is under attack. There are so many people that are spreading the wrong doctrine and some of them right in the church. I said last Sunday 
that the danger we face is not from outside. The danger we face is from inside. Men that hold the Bible but don't preach the truth. That's the danger we face. We must stand to keep the purity of the faith. We must stand to contend for what has been delivered to us. We must not allow the faith we have received to be corrupted by false teaching and wrong doctrine. See in verse 4 of that scripture, Jude said that people came in ordained for destruction, ungodly men, crept in unawares to turn the grace of God into a license to sin. I took a lot of time on that last Sunday, so I'm not going to dwell on that. But they came in to pervert the grace of God. By the way, why did they do that? Because false teachers always try to make it easy. They don't have the faith, for example, to believe that you can be saved from sin, so they want you to believe it does not matter how you live. That's because they don't believe what the Bible says. The Bible says, He that knew no sin became sin, so that you might become the righteousness. Not just righteous, but the full expression of the righteousness of God. That can only be by faith. But because they can't believe that, they lower the bar, they lower the standard so that you can feel good in your unrighteousness. They pervert the grace of God. Luke 18 verse 8 is my interest. But see this is the story of how Jesus was actually telling a parable of an unrighteous judge who did not fear God and did not fear any man and yet one widow got justice because of her persistence her importunity Jesus asked so do you then believe that if this unrighteous judge could give justice to that very importunate woman that widow will he not also avenge you will he also not listen to you will he not answer to you because Jesus actually considered that woman's attitude faith. It was an expression of faith. She refused to give up. So Jesus said, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man comes, will he find the God kind of faith still remaining. That's why we need to defend, contend for the faith because our faith is in danger of extinction. The pure faith that was handed over to us is in danger of being exterminated and replaced by what is not faith. So Jesus asked, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith right here on earth? By the grace of God, he will find faith here. I said he will find faith here. In the mighty name of Jesus. But what kind of faith was handed over to the saints? What kind of faith was handed over to the saints? What kind of faith was handed over to the apostles? 
And this is the beauty of scripture. Why did God cause the scripture to be written? Because God wanted that faith to actually be captured in written form so that it will not be lost through transmission. You know, the, what I was told in, taught in oral literature, when a story is told from generation to another, it begins to lose the originality. Um, some people will subtract, some people will add. Even right now, even stories told by word of mouth, by the time it gets to the 10th person, it's not in the form that it started. You agree with me? That's why God caused it to be written. So it's the same faith that was handed over. Same faith, because it's here. But what kind was it? I'm going to give you three. <coughs> Excuse me. Number one is what I call New Testament faith. What do I call it? What do I call it? New Testament faith. As a matter of fact, I, I struggle with what to call it. I was not sure what I should call it. But I think New Testament faith pretty well expresses it. What is New Testament faith? Faith that teaches us to believe in a God we do not see. Faith that teaches us to believe in a God we don't see. Glory to God. Jesus was the incarnation of God. The fullness of the Godhead dwelled in him. But he did not even come as God. That's why people do not even recognize. They don't understand him to be God. And yet that was God in human form. Emmanuel, God with us. And when he left, gave us the Holy Spirit that we don't even see. And then he said to us, where two or three of you are gathered in my name, there I am. So if I tell you Jesus is here, you need to be born again, understanding faith, to know that he's here. And yet he is. Glory to God. In all times, God was always communicating with Israel from what they could see. Tabernacle, smoke, thunder, cloud. He has stopped doing those kind of things. He has stopped. In fact, it's nothing, no big deal to even say, I hear the voice of the Lord. All of us can. And yet it is not the kind of voice that they heard then. It's not a physical voice. It is a voice in your spirit. It will seem audible to you, but it is in the spirit. Oh, come on. Is somebody here what I'm teaching? God has stopped building human tabernacles. Right now, you are the temple. You are the tabernacle of God. So God dwells inside of you. God dwells inside of you. God dwells inside of her. So you ask me, which God? The same God dwelling inside all of us. That is the mystery of God. We must believe in a God we don't see. Thank you, sir. Please listen. Because human beings cannot relate with a God they don't see, that's why they make images. They carve images. 
if you find someone with a picture of a man claiming to be Jesus with hairs falling to his shoulders, I have bad news for you. That man is not Jesus. That man is an actor in Hollywood. I think he was a drunkard, the last I heard. It's not a good man at all. Sleepy eyes. Beautiful face, but that's not Jesus. Jesus didn't take a picture. We don't have one. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying now? If you have Jesus molded as an image and you revere and bow down to it, I have bad news for you. You are committing idolatry. You're worshipping an idol. Even God himself said you shouldn't make any image of him in the likeness of anything in heaven or on earth. Don't make any image. Don't bow down to it. Don't worship it. Beloved, if you have an image, even if it is on the altar, it is idolatry. Even if it is called stations of the cross, it is idolatry. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying now? It's idolatry. Even if you hang it on your neck, it's idolatry. That's why I like cross without anything. My cross has nothing there. I like cross. But nothing should be there. Because the one that is there is not there anymore. You're in church? Are so interested in worshipping a God that they see. When they cannot find things like that to worship, they even worship human beings. Because they want to worship a God they see. Do you know people worship human beings? But no one should take the place of God. Come on, is somebody in church? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. New Testament faith. We must be content to worship a God we can only relate with by faith. You come to church and say, God is here. And they say, where is he? He says, here. And yet you can't see him. You kneel down to pray in your room and say, Father, thank you because you hear me. And someone that does not understand spiritual things will think you're crazy. But you're not because you believe in a God that you can't see. But without faith, old-time gospel faith, the faith that was once delivered to the saints that we still keep today, without that faith, it is impossible to please God. For he please be content to worship a God you do not see. Don't try to make images of God. That is not New Testament faith. John chapter 4 verse 23-24 But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and what? In truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. 24. God is spirit. God is spirit. God is not material. God is not physical. 
God is not a stick. He's not a stone. It's nothing you can see. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him and they must worship him in truth. Can someone say hallelujah? The faith that was passed on to the second type is what I What do I call it? Faith. That is For the sake of the gospel, that is the faith. Forsaken all, forsake all. Everything should have been gained. That I may know him. Power of his. It is counterfeit faith. That is not the faith. The faith that was handed over to the saints, that faith will cost you something, sir. It will cost you something. Whoever will come to me and will follow me, my disciple, that was given to us is the faith that will cost well 
our only understanding of faith is the faith that will get us something. Are you with me? Whenever we think of faith, what do we think? Faith that will get me a car. Faith that will give me a wife. Faith that will get me a husband. Faith that will give me a job. Our faith is collected. But that is not the over to the saints. Faith is what? It will cost you. That is the faith that after Jesus and the disciples went about preaching, they did. Even if you put them in jail, they will come out to preach. One, one of them said, you shall not preach in this name anymore. He said, we shall, whether it is good to obey God or whether we should obey him. That is the faith that was to the saints. The faith that made Paul to say, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. It's not put yourself on the cross for the comfort. I will preach Jesus. That is the faith. Glory to God. Faith has always been that way. That's why God tested Father of Faith, right? Bible says there came a time when God tested him. What was God? God was testing the quality of his faith. God had promised Abraham, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make your descendants to be like the stars of heaven, like the sand by the seashore, like the dust of the earth. But all of these, they are contained in a son I'm going to give you. Isaac was born. And God said, I want to see how much you can believe me. 
Mount Moriah, where I will show you and sacrifice him for me. Isaac carried his son sheepishly. I mean, I, Abraham carried his son Isaac sheepishly. Went to Mount Moriah as he lifted his matchet to slay. God said, Don't worry, I have found what I was looking for. Now I know that indeed you believe in me. Now I know you love me. Now I know you can obey me. In blessing, I will bless you. Please sit down. That's why the Bible says, and God counted it for him as righteousness. Because he dared to believe God. He dared to believe God. He dared to believe God. To a point of making a sacrifice of the one thing that was dear and special to him. Beloved, let me say it again to you. Faith that costs you nothing does not cost you your comfort does not cost you anything not even your money that faith is counterfeit faith doesn't cost you your time does not cost you nothing Hebrews chapter 11 verse 24 sacrificial faith that's why if you're going to serve God defend the faith contend for the faith it will cost you something. Can you help me tell your neighbor it will cost you something? Amen. By faith Moses when he became of age refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin or the pleasures of sin for a season. What does that mean? Do you know that Moses was raised as royalty when Pharaoh's daughter picked him from, from the river, got the mother into the palace. They raised Moses as royalty. That is why the Bible says he was educated in all the arts of Egypt. But when he came of age, he decided to sacrifice the privileges that came with royalty and to suffer affliction with the people of God. Remember what the Bible says by faith. That is the faith that was handed over to us. Can someone say hallelujah? hallelujah. I pray that may we be ready to lay down our all for the sake of the kingdom of God. Lay down your life. Paul said it is no longer I that live it. But Christ that live it. In other words, I've surrendered, forsaken my life. The life I live in the flesh is not mine anymore. I live by faith in the Son of God who died for me. Can someone say hallelujah? What does your faith cost you? What price are you paying for the faith that you have right now? What sacrifice are you making for the faith that you have? Some of us, not even our comfort. Any small thing, ah, I don't know. 
somebody said to me some time ago, Pastor, you know, things have changed. The world is, is so fast now. You know, people don't have a long attention span anymore. Our services should not even be longer than 30 minutes. And they said to me, Pastor, you know what? I don't even think we should be preaching this long preaching you teach. We can reduce it into drama, 10 minutes. Wouldn't you like it? Wouldn't you like to watch movie every Sunday? 10 minutes movie. A church felt that the people needed entertainment. Because this is an entertainment age. People like entertainment. So the church brought a secular rock band because they said praise and worship is very boring. They are becoming very contemporary. Hey, 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 hey. And the close service. Hey, that's praise and worship now. You don't need to hear what it's saying. Hey, 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 hey. Hug one another, go home. What will it cost you? You can't even allow it to cost you time that is not even under your control. Time is not under your control. If the honor of the time takes it, you're gone. And you can't even give it to him. <laughs> what will it cost you? Privileges, positions, money. There are people that can't even give the Lord something of substance something that is of value they can't give to God there are people that come to this church if you ask them to tell you how much they give as offering you'll be embarrassed for them because they they're doing a faith that is a getting faith it costs them nothing they're not interested to lay down anything they're not interested. Even if I preach and some of stand on that camera and ask them to bring offering, they will turn to the other side. Because it's not in their hearts. They like a give me faith. But the faith that has been handed over is sacrificial faith. Can somebody say sacrificial faith? Let me take the last one and then we'll close. Is someone getting blessed? Don't worry, I'm not going to preach everlasting gospel. I'll soon end. The third one is called strong faith. Can you say strong faith? Or you can call it righteous faith. Strong faith. Faith that is not moved by circumstances. Faith that is standing tall in the face of adversity, of negativity. That is strong faith. And that is the faith that was handed over to the saints. Can someone say hallelujah? Faith that was handed over to the saints. Romans chapter 4. Get to verse 18. Who contrary to hope in hope believed? This is talking about who? Come on, let me hear you, church. Talking about who? Father Abraham. The father of faith, who contrary to hope, believed in hope, 
That is the kind of faith we should have. Because the Bible says, anyone who believes in Christ is the seed of Abraham. You are the seed. Lift up your hands. I'm the seed of Abraham. Say it again. I am the seed of Abraham. And I have the faith of Abraham. Declare again, I am the seed of Abraham. I have the faith of Abraham. Say it again, I'm the seed of Abraham. I have the faith of Abraham. Bible says, who contrary to hope, believed in hope, so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, faith that is based on God's word, faith that takes hold of God's word and dares to believe God's word to the end irrespective of what happens that is the faith once delivered to the saints is somebody hearing me? that is the faith beloved next verse verse 19 and not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief Ooh. but was strengthened in faith or was strong in faith giving glory to God Amen this is the faith that gives glory to God before the miracle begins not after this is the faith Abraham was giving glory to God not after Isaac was born but before Isaac was born he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief he was strong in faith giving glory to God you are not seeing it yet but you keep giving glory to God you don't wait till you see before you give a testimony you keep declaring how God is mighty how God is faithful how God is able even when you are yet to see it that is Bible faith handed, delivered to the saints <laughs> is somebody still here? <laughs> that is the faith that made Jesus stand at the graveside of Lazarus the sister of Lazarus said oh if you only had come he said don't you worry if only you believe you see the glory of God that is faith faith that recognizes that even though that situation might become impossible that God is able to raise the dead he said oh he has been in the grave for four, four days and Jesus said it doesn't matter if you like let him be in the grave for four years then he lifted his hands and said father I thank you I know you hear me always but for these people I wouldn't even need to pray but for their sake I said thank you Lazarus comfort same faith when he said to them I will die wicked men will kill me when they put me in the grave in three days I will rise again in three days that is the faith delivered to the saints faith that recognizes that no matter the impossibility of the situation God is able to turn it around let them make the grave as fast as they can. Let them post gas. On the third day, nothing will stop his rising. That is the faith delivered to the saints. 
does not bow to circumstances. The Bible says Abraham did not consider his dead body. He did not consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. Faith that does not consider the deadness of anything. That's the faith handed over to the saints. First Timothy chapter 6 verse 20 and 21. Let me read that in the King James Version. First Timothy 6, 20 and 21. Oh Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust. Avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of signs falsely so called. Which some professing, what did they profess? These signs have heard concerning the faith. Signs will make you to go wrong to err concerning the faith. Are you with me? Don't get me wrong. I have nothing against science. But science cannot rule my life. I love doctors. But doctors cannot have the last opinion concerning me. Are you with me? I don't hate hospitals. I have no problem with taking medication. But you can't tell me that is what will determine whether I live or die. My life must be lived according to God's word. That is the faith delivered to the saints. And if you allow signs to dictate your life, the Bible says you will err concerning the faith. During COVID-19, what were we told? Follow the signs. Follow the signs. <laughs> follow the signs? No, sir. In our kingdom, we follow the word, not the signs. We follow the word, not the signs. Is somebody with me? I said the other time that I have nothing against vaccination. That's okay. And I remember by then I said the only thing that will make me vaccinate it's not because I think if I don't vaccinate, I will die. But because maybe restrictions are put in the way of the gospel. So when I was to go to Canada, fill all my papers to go to Canada, they said, unless I vaccinate, I will not go to Canada. I said, I'm ready to do it. So I went and they gave me vaccination. I said, I'm ready to go. I had to sacrifice my personal opinion for the sake of the gospel. But I didn't vaccinate because I thought if I did not vaccinate, I would die. I vaccinated to fulfill all righteousness. I remember when COVID-19 started and we're doing social distancing. And I read a scripture that Jesus said, go to the, the, the water, bring a fish, pay the tax for me and for you. That's what he told Peter, so that we do not offend them. There are things we do so that we don't offend them. Not because we cannot stop doing it. Oh, come on. Is somebody here what I'm teaching? So you vaccinate because the government wants you to vaccinate, not because the, your life depends on it. We cannot allow our lives to be run by science. Come on, is somebody hear what I'm saying now? The doctor tells you that, oh, you cannot give birth anymore. They've told her that before. She gave birth to three children, as it were. <laughs> they told her you can't give birth. I don't know what the doctors have said to you. Doctors are not God. They're not. 
but they are good people and they are taking care of us. Please, are you with me? Medicine, my daughter said she wants to be a doctor and I encourage her. If I didn't believe in doctors, I wouldn't want her to be. She's okay. She said she wants to be an, um, what is it? Gynecologist. And I said, fantastic. She may not even know what gynecologists do. Maybe she likes the name. Are you still here? Are you still here? Glory to God. But you can apply to any area of your life. Please listen to this. It does not matter what the economists say concerning this Nigeria. You can thrive even in this economy. You can prosper even in famine. Your life cannot be controlled by science. Even the science of wealth creation. <laughs> So this is what we call the faith. Strong faith. Righteous faith. It was because of this kind of faith that God counted to Abraham as righteousness. God said, Abraham, you dare to believe me when all the indices prove otherwise, then you must be on the right side. That is what it means to be righteous. To be on God's side. Be on God's side. Not on the devil's side. Not on the side of doubts, not on the side of fear, but on God's side. And God's side is the winning side. Sound your feet and let's pray. Showword Assembly is a Bible teaching ministry operating at different locations. Every Sunday by 9 a.m., we experience supernatural encounter with God as we worship Him and drink from the fountain of His Word. Every Thursday, we meet at 6 p.m. for teaching, prayer, and breaking of bread. If you need a church that will equip you to grow in the faith, empower you to succeed in life, and give you a platform to serve the Lord, welcome to Shoreward Assembly. To learn more about us, visit shorewordassembly.org. Remember, with God, all things are possible, so expect a miracle today. And when you're coming for the next service, bring a friend along. Shoreward, raising champions.